Okay, well, let's get started this morning. And um, I'm glad to be uh, here today. I'm, I'm going to be speaking to you for each service today for the Sunday school time and the morning and evening service. I'm going to be looking at the subject of music. And uh, music is one of the most powerful forces, I think, in our lives as human beings and as Christians. And it has tremendous force for good and the way the Lord can use it in our hearts and lives. And it's part of um, the life of a spirit-filled believer, music. But, you know, there are some pitfalls with music, uh, aren't there? And we want to look at what, um, how can we have music that pleases the Lord and that will edify our spirits and help us honor the Lord. And, uh, you know, I speak from some experience, not that I, uh, you know, can play loads of instruments or, you know, sing like a canary, um, but I love music, and uh, music has had an impact on me, both for good and for bad, at different times in my life. And I know firsthand the power of music. And uh, so I just want to share some things with you over the day um, that have helped me, and uh, th- things that can, I, I think can help all of us uh, to understand how, how music can be a good experience for us as Christians. So let's pray, and then we'll look at some things together. Father, uh, Lord, I thank you for these people. Lord, I thank you for this church. And God, um, I pray that uh, you would help us to understand uh, your word particularly, and Lord, um, this matter of music today. And uh, Father, we pray that you'd bless this Lord's day, Lord, in everything that we do, Lord, as we sing, and Lord, as we um, hear your word. Uh, Lord, you said that in the place where you would record your name, that you would come to your people and you would bless them. And Lord, we claim that promise today. Meet with us, Lord. Um, and Lord, help give us understanding. And uh, Lord, give us open hearts to hear what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, music uh, can be a controversial issue among Christians. And uh, that maybe is an understatement. Um, but you know, I've, the more I study music, the more I have come to the conclusion that music is not a grey area. Um, it's not, uh, obviously there, there may be small differences in, in where we would draw the lines in music, but I believe that if we have an honest heart uh, and we look into some of the principles of the Word of God, uh, it's not as grey an area as we might think. It's not just a free-for-all. We can know um, what kind of music God would have us to. Now, um, for our purposes, as we go through, as we, we look at different things uh, in the next few minutes, um, when I say music, I'm generally going to be referring to the melody, the harmony, and the rhythm of a given song, not the words. When I say music, I'm talking about the harmony, the melody, um, and the rhythm. And when I say text, obviously, I'm ref- referring to the words that are sung, um, if it's a song with words, uh, the, the, the words that are sung and the thoughts contained in them. Okay, so I'm also going to assume today that you're here today and I'm going to assume that you're here today, okay? <laughs> that you're actually awake and you're listening, okay? But I'm going to assume uh, that you want God's will for your life. Do you know, we can't, we can't figure out God's will in any issue of our life if we're not first surrendered to God, unless we've given him a blank check of our life and we've said, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. That's the first step in any issue um, of our lives. Uh, But I'm going to assume uh, that I'm speaking to believers that want to do God's will, 
uh, in your lives that want to follow him. You love him. You care about him. You're glad he saved you. And you want your life to glorify him. You know, I was um, uh, just singing that song yesterday evening as I was preparing, um, you know, may Jesus Christ be praised, you know. And isn't that our heart? We want him to be praised from our lives. He's done such a miracle in saving us. And we want him to get some glory uh, from our lives. A lady in our church, it, it made me laugh. Uh, she said, I want to do something for Jesus before I carcass, you know. And uh, I think we all have that heart. We want it. That's, that's Wexford um, dialect, by the way, okay. Um, but I think we all have that heart. So let's um, take our Bibles uh, this morning. Let's turn to First John chapter 2 and verse 15. I just want to quickly look at um, three passages that teach us a doctrine, um, a, a, a truth uh, for our Christian lives. You know, in the area of discerning right and wrong music, we don't have scriptural commands specifically to that area of our life as we would in other areas. You know, there's no verse in the Bible that says, thou shalt not listen to Christian rock music. If you find if you find a verse like that in the Bible, tell me. But I haven't found one yet. You know. Uh, but what we are going to find in the Bible is is principles that if we apply them consistently to every area of our life, including music, um, I believe uh, they will lead us obviously away from the world's music. I mean, are we agreed on that this morning? That that music you go into the the, the square today and you listen to that driving beat and those. Uh, really just blatantly sexual words very often uh, that are in that music and we know that's not for us as christians that doesn't please the lord you know that's not going to help us to follow him uh, that's going to really tear us down spiritually but i believe if we apply these scriptural principles obviously it'll lead us away from world's the world's music but i believe uh, lead us away from certain kinds of christian music that are available today um uh, but that are using some of the world's music and it will lead us toward a holy, separated style of music, both in our personal listening and in our private and church worship in song. Now, let me just say, that doesn't have to be boring, okay? That doesn't have to be boring. Uh, we can have holy uh, music um, that is real, that there's real feeling and emotion and reality in our hearts. Um, we can. I believe that is... What God wants us to have. You know, I, I believe that um, God doesn't want us to have dead music. God doesn't want us to have music that is, uh, you know, a, a ritual and not real. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. But I do believe that as we look at some of these principles, um, if we apply them, it will help us uh, to understand what kind of music we ought to have. Well, let's look here at First John chapter 2 and we'll look at verse 15. This is a very familiar um, passage. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, just focus on that verse. The other two verses continue on to speak about the world. But think about what the world is. The world is that godless system of which Satan is the head. Okay? We as believers, we, um, we're still waiting to be with Jesus, to go to heaven. Um, and we live in the world. Now, does the world share our values? No. Are they here this morning to worship God? No. <laughs> that is not a priority for them at all. Um, and the, the world is that godless system of which Satan is the head. And 
really the whole thing is aimed at hiding the gospel from lost people. That's what it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. If our gospel is hid, is hid it is hid to them that are lost. And then the next verse says, in whom the, the, um, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. So the whole structure, Hollywood, the worldly music industry, all these, and there's so many other things, worldly entertainment, they're, they're trying to uh, distract people from the gospel and stop them from hearing the truth. So that's the world. Now, the world has music that serves its selfish ends. You know, I read a quote um, recently um, that was by a, a philosopher. I think it was like from 300 AD or something. But he said, um, if I can control a country's music, I care not who makes its laws. That's what he said. And recognizing that music is so powerful, um, he said we can control people through music. And, you know, um, obviously there is a, a kind of music that um, is associated with the world and it serves its selfish ends. Now, it's it's not wrong just because the world uses it, because, but because it was created for wicked purposes. Um, and that's why. Um, you know, I bought a, a CD recently and it had some just some uh, different tenors, some different old Irish tenors. How many of you know the name John McCormick? An old Irish tenor. And um, I was uh, listening to some of those songs. And, you know, back years ago, um, the mu- a lot of the music uh, that w- the world was listening to really isn't, wasn't bad. You know, it, it really... Um, <clears throat> the music itself... Remember, when I say the word music, I'm referring to... Uh, the melody, the harmony, the rhythm, not the words, but the music, that was pretty okay, you know. But I was listening to one of those songs and um, the guy is saying that, you know, his girlfriend has left him and he's going to commit suicide. And I thought, that's not probably the best thing for me to be listening to, you know. I don't think that'll cheer me up, you know, to serve the Lord. And, you know, the problem wasn't so much in the music, but in the text, you know. Now, nowadays, worldly music it just across the board has problems. Both the music, and we'll look at that, why that's so, and um, through the day. But obviously, the text is is awful. You know, um, there there are songs that make it into the top ten uh, in Ireland and in in the UK. Um, that if you did in public what they're talking about in the song, you'd be arrested. That's true, and they get away with it. Uh, they sing about the most wicked things, and they, and they get away with it. You know, somehow it's okay once you put it in the song. You know, you can talk about any filth you want to. And uh, the text is just awful. It's highly sensual. Um, But we as Christians, we're not to be uh, loving the world. We're not to love the world. Uh, Then turn over to uh, 1 Peter 1. Just a few pages back. 1 Peter 1. And if you look at verse 13 through 16. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts, in your ignorance. 
Okay? So we get saved. We're not going to do things the way we did before. We're not going to fashion our lives according to our fleshly desires like, like we did. You know? Isn't that what we did when we were lost? Whatever we felt like doing. You know? Whether it was good or bad, we, just fe- we did what we felt like doing. God says it's not going to be like that once we're saved. Verse 15, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, think of a few things. We just said, uh, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts there in verse 14, that we're not going to be doing things the way we used to, the way the world does things in our lives. But I want you to uh, notice verse 15. It says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. What does holy mean? Separated. That's right. Set apart. Set apart from the world. But, you know, I think sometimes we can have a very negative view um, of Christianity. It's not just being set apart from the world. It's being set apart unto God. You know, I liken it to, you know, it's like all we knew was bread and water when we were in the world. And then God introduced us to like steak and Coke or something, you know. I don't mean cocaine. I mean, you know, Coca-Cola, okay. I'll be careful what I say. <laughs> but, you know, it's like God introduced us to something much better, okay. And um, that, that's what it means to be set apart from the world, set apart unto God. It's a great thing. Life with the Lord is far better than life without him. I don't know how lost people get along without him, you know. And um, praise God for it. You know, I was listening to Derek's testimony a couple of weeks ago uh, in the group time. And he was just saying, praise God. Um, you know, my life with the Lord is so vastly better than all the pleasures of sin that Satan had to offer. And, you know, we could all testify of that. Um, but it's it's a positive thing. But notice that it says we're going to be holy in all manner of conversation. Does that mean your music? I mean, obviously, it means everything. All manner of conversation or, or the way that we live, our lifestyle. So <coughs> it's going to be all manner. Now, la- lastly, let's look at Romans chapter 12. <coughs> Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. Again, we could quote these. These are well-known verses. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice the first phrase of verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Let me ask you this. Do you feel the pressure of the world trying to conform you to itself. How many of you have ever felt uh, maybe a little bit silly and like the odd one out because you were trying to follow God in some way in your life? I have. You know, we all have felt that. No, that's okay. God says, be not conformed to this world. Okay. Now, 
we have what we've looked at is we've looked at three passages about worldliness, okay? And uh, we could look at others, but I think these are three main ones. Now, this is not an obscure doctrine for us as Christians. This is not a, like a, a, a you know a little obscure truth. This is central in our lives. We are not to be worldly, okay? God does not want us to be worldly. He wants to be set apart from the world uh, onto God. Now, think about worldliness. Worldliness is going to be a subjective quality, okay? Uh, the, the wicked things that the world does, motivated by their selfish lust, we're not to be uh, a part of that. We're not to be, we're not to love it. Um, we are in all manner of conversation to be set apart from that and unto God. And uh, not only that, but we're not to be conformed, we're not to be pressed into that mold. Um, but God, he teaches us this. Now, uh, when some Christian rock artists uh, compare themselves to unsaved, wicked music artists, isn't that worldly? I mean, think about it for a second. And uh, I got a chart. Um, I, I preached uh, over a few Sundays in the evenings about music in our church. And uh, I found a chart on the internet. And basically, any artist you liked um, before you got saved, you can find a counterpart. Uh, um, uh, some Christian music that sounds like that. And, you know, they're not, you know, they don't hide that. They they actually sell themselves on that basis, you know. Okay, if you like the Beatles, well, listen to this band, you know. Or if you like U2, you should listen to uh, one band named Delirious. They said, well, we sound a bit like U2. If you like U2, you should listen to, to this band, okay. And they're not hiding it. They're saying we are trying to sound... Uh, like these bands um that's worldly okay that is being conformed to the world here's another when when christian artists aim all their careers to cross over into the secular top 30 and many of them do okay many that's their that's their goal okay um they are singing for the lord you know and you know some of these people they they really i read a, a story this evening um, of a young lady that ends up lead singer of a, a Christian rock band. And she wanted to please the Lord. I mean, that was all she knew. And she wanted, I mean, her heart was to please the Lord. Um, but she began to realize that she wasn't having the impact she had hoped. She wasn't really helping people um, it, it, like she had hoped. Um, but uh, many of these Christian artists, they, they're, they, their goal is, I want to cross over into the top 30 know and uh, get my song my christian song um in the mainstream um amy grant had a song that went into the the, the top 30 and like she was like praising god she's like this is amazing you know I, i'm like and the song basically was so vague that you couldn't tell if it was about her boyfriend or about the lord you know that it w- was the way it was and and obviously music gonna have to be very watered down uh, for lost people to have an appetite for it but all i'm saying is that's worldly, okay? We don't care what that world thinks of us. We're not trying to please them or to do uh, the things uh, that they want us to do. And um, so there, there's many more things we could say. What time? Uh, have I got the right time? We, we, we're finishing up at 11, correct? Okay, righto. Okay, um, well, let's... Uh, finish up by looking at a few more things um 
We will look uh, later on. What, what we're going to do this morning, um, I'm going to talk about the new song. We're going to look from a positive aspect of what what is God's goal in our Christian music. And then this evening, uh, we're going to look a little bit more about uh, worldly music and some of the Christian music out there that, that's not going to help us. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll look at that. But I just want to, in closing, look at one thing. Um, when we think about music and evaluating all of the music we listen to, obviously we need to evaluate the text and the music. Now, very obviously, a lot of music is going to be out just because of the text. Okay, I even had, um, um, we looked at a, a song, uh, this is a, it's a very old song and it, it, it's a lot, not as bad as a lot of what we're seeing today, but I believe it's, it's still not right. Um, but this is an old Elvis song that you probably hear in the shops um, around Christmas time. And uh, the words go like this. Try to imagine a house that's not a home. Try to imagine a Christmas all alone. That's where I'll be since you left me. My tears would melt the snow. What can I do without you? I've got no place, no place to go. And, we, you know, we laugh, you know, poor fella. And then he goes on to say, it'll be lonely this Christmas without you to hold lonely and cold it'll be cold so cold without you to hold this christmas now i we we laugh at that because you know I, i'm sure you know the song but f- just for a minute to show you the impact of what is going on as we listen to the music of the world think for a minute you know that seems fairly harmless we, we can hear stuff that is so much worse now um but you know think about this for a second who is that man looking to for contentment and happiness in his life? His woman. His, I, I, I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend. It's probably his girlfriend, you know. Probably not his wife. Um, this is an example of worldly music that you might hear. You know, who is he looking to for contentment and happiness? Well, not the Lord. You know? Not the Lord. You know? He's, he's looking to, you know, his girlfriend. Um... And God tells us that we're to look to him for our contentment. How about this? Um, is this man straightening out his thinking or is he wallowing in self-pity and melancholy? This this fellow is a moaner. I mean, he is just sitting there in his room and he feels so sorry for himself. And, you know, um, all I'm showing you is that that's not healthy thinking. Not healthy thinking. You know, that, there's nothing lurid or, you know, immoral in that song. But that's not healthy thinking. And, um, you know, the Bible says, uh, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, when we listen uh, to those words, um, it affects us. And you set those mus- those words to some emotional music uh, and a sensual beat, and they are brainwashing you with wrong ideas about love, premarital relationships, uh, contentment in life, and dealing with life's disappointments. Now you say... I can tell by the look on some of your faces. Come on. It's only music. Let me read to you a quote. You can hypnotize people with music. And when they get at their weakest point, you can preach into their subconscious minds what you want to say. Jimi Hendrix said that in an interview with Life magazine in 1969. These fellows know what they are doing. And they are trying to teach you about life. And let me ask you, by a lot of the rock stars that we see, 
did they make a good fist of their life? Did they, they do a good job of directing their lives? No, a lot of their lives ended in destruction, heartache, pain, regret. I don't want to get my philosophy of life from people like Jimi Hendrix. And all I'm challenging you with is this thought. Even the text, you say, come on. I mean, obviously there's some stuff out there that's really bad, but it, it's not It's not that bad. How much worse the stuff that is, I don't even know what's in the top 30 today. You know, some of the songs in there. Um, you know, um, recently I was in the Bridgewater Shopping Centre down in Arklow. Um, that's our big shopping centre. We're really proud of that, you know. And um, I was in there, though, and I was there with my kids, and we went in to pick up a few things. And I heard a song, and it was vile. I mean, it, it wasn't off. It was it was disgusting. Like, um, it, it was, you know, talking about immorality, just, oh, it was wicked, you know, and this driving beat, hardly any melody, you know, it's just the beat and, and the, the, the lyrics. And, you know, that's affecting you. It's affecting you. And so we just need to recognize that even the text um, of worldly music, it is going to affect us. You know, is it any wonder uh, that marriages are falling apart around us when this sort of life philosophy is being pumped into our brains uh, through this kind of music? I mean, is it any wonder? It wasn't happening 100 years ago before rock music. And let me say that uh, a lot of times today's generation are acting out what yesterday's generation dreamed about. Isn't that true? They were listening and, you know, daydreaming about, uh, you know, some, you know, other person. Well, the, the, today's generation, they're just doing it. Who cares about getting married? You know, who cares about faithfulness? Don't worry about those things, you know. And uh, the music is a part of that. And so um, let's, uh, as we listen to some more truth today let's say lord help me to have your best in music help me to have music that honors you and music that will please you and i trust uh, that we'll be able to uh, be a help and a blessing uh, over the rest of the day so let's close in prayer this morning father thank you um lord for this time and lord i just pray that you would give us understanding lord and uh, father i know that um, music is a big issue, Lord, in our lives as Christians. And I pray that you would help us uh, to know what you would have us to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.